I don't realize the first shot is actually a bullet until I see the second one connect with the mule standing beside me. Splinters erupt from the thick pine a few feet away and bite into my neck. I instinctively give the fresh wound a slap with my hand, thinking it's another deer fly or mosquito out to prove yet again why it's nature's biggest prick. Plenty of them in these deep woods. Thick enough to grab a handful right out of the air. The mule seems just as surprised as I am at the shooting. Only a moment ago it stopped on the narrow trail, knees buckling from the gear on its back, and watched Bayou drink from her canteen. Now it looks at the blood on the ground as if it bubbled up from the earth like the roots choking the trail. I expect Bayou to say something in her Mandarin spiced English, but she just stares as the mule realizes it's not going to finish this steep hike up the ridge. The pack animal's knees finally give out, sending the gear spilling off its back as it rolls onto the ground. Tents, food, water, radios, cameras, matches, and my forty-five scatter over the side of the ridge, the same one we just spent half the day greasing with our sweat to get up. Bayou told me she doesn't like guns, especially pistols. Made me pack the forty-five Colt Model 1911 into my gunny sack, and put it on the mule. Didn't want it accidentally going off, as if I haven't carried a forty-five on me for as long as I can remember. Bayou doesn't understand the U.S. In her home country, China, she tells me only the government gets to have guns. That way, you don't worry about random bullets heading your way while hiking in parks like this one. Way to tow the government line. It's fitting, though. She's a journalist, on a state-funded expedition into the exotic and mysterious orient of North America, known as the Midwest United States. My, how the times have changed. But this isn't China. This is the U.S. You damn well better have a gun, because every other psycho has one. Or 27. This isn't about morals. This is about pragmatism. And now it's biting us in the ass. I don't have to look in Bayou's eyes to know she's watching my gunny sack with the forty-five roll down the ridge. The irony burns even brighter, given she hired me as protection for her little adventure. I thought that meant bears, but it turns out she's anticipating a creature known as the Wendigo that guards our destination, a gigantic crater in the middle of the woods known as the Pit. Or, so legend says. I want to ask Bayou if the Wendigo would graciously allow me to rummage through the gunny sack to get at the gun prior to attacking. But her check cleared the bank before we left yesterday. Chase, the gentleman. But this is no Wendigo. This is someone firing at us from somewhere below the ridge. Someone who knows how to work some distance between point A and point B with a rifle. Probably watched us through a scope, then waited to shoot when we paused in a gap between the trees lining the trail. I take a quick inventory of the pines around us. Sure enough, there's a wide space between two of them, facing down the ridge. And wouldn't you know it, I happen to be standing right inside the gap. All of this happens in the course of a few seconds, even though it feels like I've been standing here thinking for hours. Move your feet. Get out of this shooting lane. I glance at the trail up ahead. A fat row of pines isn't more than twenty paces ahead. Go, Bayou. Move, I say, pronouncing your name like Bayou, which I think is pretty close. My finger points ahead on the trail. Get behind those trees. Bayou is already one step ahead of me, literally. I hear a third shot, but nothing seems to connect with it around us. We take shelter behind trees as thick and round as tractor tires. 
Jack Fiddler was already there, cursing as loud as the sun is hot on his freakishly pale skin. He's the third person on the expedition. The one who sold Bayou on coming out here in the first place. Says he's the only person who knows how to get to the pit, which makes perfect sense, given legend says there's no way out of it. Or not. You okay? I say to Bayou, leaving Fiddler to curse into his crotch. He crouches on the trail with his head tucked between his knees. Fine. I'm fine, Bayou says, her accent showing more now that she's out of breath. She squats down. What was that? Shooting, shooters, guns, Fiddler says. I know he's shaken up, but this is how Fiddler talked since we left. It's not a stutter, though, or anything medically excusable. More like a lack of sunlight and social interaction. Which is what I'd hoped Bayou and I could share in one of those tents that's currently wrapped around a rock down the ridge. Strike two for today.